Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. This is episode three, B minus work versus perfectionism. I wondered if you guys noticed that my episode numbers were a little funny on those first couple of episodes. Now that my podcast is live, I ended up adjusting them a little bit. And so when I say that it's episode one, it actually says episode two in iTunes. And when I say it's episode two, it actually says episode three uh, or something like that. Anyway, I'm getting that all adjusted and I decided to not go back and fix it and just leave it like that since it was just on those two episodes. So this is my actual episode three and we're just going to move forward like that. I wanted to also let you know that I will be starting at a rate of putting out two episodes a week I was planning on this being a weekly podcast, but I've decided to publish episodes on Monday and Thursday to build up my overall episodes a little bit faster because one of my intentions with this podcast is to be a source of support for military wives who are in a deployment or doing that solo parenting thing because their soldiers away on training or and for it to be available to you guys to listen to on a daily basis if necessary to kind of get your boost for the day to get ideas of something to work on that day or just a new way to think or kind of work on your thoughts and provide that encouragement. So for now I will be doing twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. So the topic today that I want to talk about, like I said at the beginning, is B minus work versus perfectionism. And I actually recorded this podcast last night, and then I just logged on today to edit it and set it to publish because today is Monday. And it got corrupted or something. I don't know what happened exactly, but it was just gone. So here I am recording it again. So we're going to see how it's going to go this second time. I've decided that it's going to be even better than the first. So my grandpa Lindorf used to say... Lindorf is my maiden name, so this is my grandpa on my dad's side. And he would say that it takes 20% of your time to do the first 80% of a project, and then it takes 80% of your time to do that final 20%. And I love this phrase because it helps you realize that um, while A plus is often our goal, and it should be, that I've decided to move forward and be happy with anything from B minus and up. So when I'm working on a project or a goal or just anything new that I'm trying to put out into the world or create, I I make my plan and I set the goal of my plan to be a, at an A plus level, but there are parts of it that I'll, I'll only ever get to B minus and there are parts that I'll get easily to A plus and I just embrace all those parts and decide that at some point it's enough and I just put it out into the world and move forward. And what this does for me is it allows me to take more action and to be more happy with the action that I'm taking. Now, some of you are not going to love this concept and that's totally fine. That's why it's called B minus work versus perfectionism because for those of you that do have some of those perfectionistic tendencies and you like that you have that, that's great if you've decided that serves you and that works for you, but B minus is probably going to rub you the wrong way. I talked to my sister a little bit about this because 
She is one awesome lady and does not love this concept. So I wanted to find out from her why. And uh, we discussed it for a little bit. And one thing that I love that she said is she said, I just wish it was B plus instead of B minus. So just that concept in her head, that thought of B minus, she, she just can't wrap her mind around accepting a grade that low on some effort that she's putting out. And that works for her. She's decided that that works for her. But for me, I've decided that this is something I was already kind of doing. And now that I know how to put a name with it of the the name of this concept, I've been able to embrace it even more fully and really apply it in my life and just be so pleased with my results and just be taking lots of action and putting that work out into the world. So I want to give you a couple of examples. We've talked about my dinner parties that I do, my life coaching dinner parties. And I had one recently where when I was, I made a cake for dessert that night. And when I was taking it out of the pan, it broke. And my husband went, oh no, I'm so sorry. And I just looked at it for a minute and I thought, it's still an amazing, delicious cake. I'm going to serve it in a beautiful dish. I'm going to sprinkle some powdered sugar on it. And my clients who are coming to my dinner party tonight are going to love it. The appearance of it is B minus because I had to kind of piece one part of it back together. It was a bundt cake and I just decided I love it. And I just served it with pride. And I told my clients, you know, this may look a little crazy because it broke, but it tastes amazing. And I know you guys are all going to love it. So I didn't have to like make a second cake or anything. Another thing I want to talk about on this episode is the concept of massive action versus passive action, which is linked to this concept for me. So I used to be really intimidated by this word massive action because it sounded like in order for it to be massive action, it had to be a lot of action or really challenging action. But really, the definition of a massive action is just action that you take that produces results versus passive action, which is also action you're taking, but you're not really producing very many results. So a simple example I want to give you of this is when you are getting ready to cook a meal in the kitchen, you have to take some more passive action, such as making sure you have food in your fridge. At some point, you went to the grocery store. I don't know how passive that action is, but the reason I call that passive action in this example is because even no matter how much food you have in your fridge, you still don't have a meal to eat, a hot meal to eat on your table. And then you also may take some time to get your ingredients organized and your veggies chopped and just things like that, all your food prepped, but you still don't have a hot meal on the table. All of those steps were important and they are crucial to getting to the hot meal, but you don't actually get the result of the hot meal until you get all your burners on and your pots messy and you actually do the cooking and then you're able to serve that meal. So those are kind of the massive action steps or the ones that actually get you the result of the meal. So another example that I like is uh, for when I decided to become a life coach, I was kind of in the midst of taking a lot of passive action as I was working on making this decision. I was enjoying consuming lots of podcasts and books and talking to people about my plans to be a life coach and spending lots of time imagining what I would do as a life coach and who I wanted to be and why I was so excited about it. And all of that felt really good. And I enjoyed doing it. And I do think it was those were necessary steps but I couldn't just stay there. None of that would actually make me a life coach. And so the massive action that I had to take to become a life coach was to actually commit and sign up for life coach school and then to actually do life coach school and do the homework and do the assignments and participate in the classes. And one of the biggest things I had to do was just start coaching. And that was what I did with my dinner parties. I took that massive action of just putting myself out there and starting to ask people to let me coach them so I could get practice and build more confidence in my abilities and and hone my skills. So between uh, 
just starting coaching and going to life coach school. Those were the massive action steps that actually made me a life coach. As we continue to talk about this, I want you guys to watch out for something. And it's something that often we deal with. And it's the all or nothing mentality. Now, Jody Moore, who's my coach, she has her podcast better than happy. And she talks about this all or nothing mentality in episode eight, I highly recommend you go listen to that. And then she also talks about kind of the perfectionism mentality in episode 28. And they're both fantastic episodes that I would highly recommend that you listen to. And she helps us understand in this and I want to touch on it here for you guys that our lower brain will offer us this concept of if I can't do it perfectly, I might as well not do it at all, which is kind of that all or nothing mentality. So I wanted to give you some examples of this. So say we're on a diet or we have a food plan that we're working on to accomplish a weight loss goal or just a health goal, and we have a day where we end up cheating. Our lower brain might offer us a thought like, well, we've already messed up today. We might as well go crazy and, you know, eat all those cookies and the rest of that pizza and whatever, because we've already messed up today. And if we can't do our diet perfectly, we might as well not even do it. And that thought just does not serve you, where alternatively, you might just plan to to have joy eats here and there. That way, you still are able to stay away from that you know, total deprivation and just say, yeah, I like to have a donut here and there and I'm going to plan to eat a donut on Friday. And then next week on Tuesday, my family's going to get pizza and I'm going to plan to eat one slice. And then on the, all the other days, I'm going to plan out my food that's right on with my, with my eating plan. And it just gets you, gets you away from that all or nothing mentality. Another one that your lower brain might offer you if you have some exercise goals would be if I can't work out every day at the gym, doing cardio and weightlifting then I might as well not even work out at all. This is a trap I've fallen into when I didn't have time to actually go to the gym. I just thought that it wouldn't make enough of a difference to just do, you know, an exercise video at home or just take a walk. So I spent a lot of time just not doing any exercise. And alternatively, from your logical brain, you might be able to make a plan more of, this is the part of my life where I just get outside and go for a walk every day with my, you know, babies in a stroller or something. I'm not in the phase of my life where going to the gym makes sense. So I'm just going to walk every day just to stay active and to keep up with that part of my health and to keep that commitment to myself. And that gets you away from that all or nothing again. Another fun example is we uh, often we get a lot of weeds here where we live. Um, we, we live on five acres and most of it we just li- leave wild. But the areas that we keep organized with bushes and flowers and grass and things, uh, there's been a few times since we moved into this house that the weeds have really gotten away from us. For example, one summer I was pregnant and so the weeds got away from us a couple different times. The summer that my husband was deployed, the weeds got away from us a couple different times because it was just one more thing. And I would go outside to do something else and look up and see the weeds and I would just think, oh, I don't have time to make my yard look perfect, so I might as well not even do anything. I might as well just let my yard go, just go down the drain. And that's something that my lower brain offered me of that all or nothing mentality. Like if I don't have time to spend six hours today getting all of these weeds pulled, then I might as well just not even pull one or 10 weeds. Where alternatively, your your higher brain might help you come up with a plan like the kids and I are going to come out and weed for five minutes a day. And at the end of three weeks, we're going to have all these weeds under control. And it won't be that painful because we'll just 
just be doing it for five minutes a day. I'll get my little army out here of my kids to help me so it won't be that hard. We'll make it fun. We can play music. You know, there's lots of ways you can solve that strategy by just getting away from that all or nothing mentality. There's other examples like if I can't go on my dream vacation, then I just won't go anywhere. Fun where you could do a staycation or, you know, just something that's a little more moderate. My family, we like to have family prayer and scripture study together. And there's been times in our lives where that's gotten away from us, similar to the weeds. And I've watched my lower brain offer me, oh, if we're not doing it every day, we might as well not be doing it. And I just am able to come back at my lower brain with a response of like any time we sit down and read the scriptures together and pray together, any day we do that is better than not doing it. And so we just always shoot for that A plus of doing it every day. And it is very often at a B minus level where it's not happening every day. And even when it does happen, sometimes we're only reading a couple of verses. Sometimes the prayer is quick. Sometimes people are in a bad mood or in a silly mood. But sometimes we have these really epic moments together as a family where uh, we grow closer to each other and we, our kids really are learning about um, God and our beliefs and feeling feeling all those good feelings that come with learning those things, which is really important to me and my family. The next thing I want to talk about is this analogy of being a cat or being a fish. Now this goes into how we often will compare our efforts to other people's efforts. And women tend to do this, but you know what? Men men do too. It's not just women. And I have found that we often compare something that doesn't come very naturally to us to something that does come quite naturally to other people. So I'll give you an example. Um, I love to cook for my family. This is, I feel like I've given a lot of cooking examples this episode, but I love to bake and cook and make dinner for my family. And that's just not everybody's thing. And that's totally fine. And I've had a few different friends over the years say, oh, you just make dinner for your family every night. And they make it mean something about them. They they make it mean like, I'm not as good of a mom because I don't cook for my family. Where in all reality, I do not cook for my family every night. That's the perception they have of when I, you know, say I post the picture of a yummy meal I made on Instagram, their off, lower brain offers them a thought like, she cooks for her family every night. What's wrong with you? You know, which is just our lower brain can be kind of harsh sometimes. But it's just an example of something that I love doing that comes pretty naturally to me. Uh, it's easy for me to get that A plus result where for someone else it would take them a ton more organization and effort because it's not something they enjoy doing and it's not as important to them as it is to me and that's totally fine, totally acceptable because there are other things that come really naturally for them that don't come as naturally for me that I've decided are not important to me and I just am able to let them go once I think of it in this way. So the reason I call this the cat and fish analogy is I like to think of it as there's like a fish swimming along in the stream and a cat climbing a tree right by the stream and you can imagine the cat looking at the fish longingly thinking oh look how well that fish swims why can't I swim like that you know which is so funny because cats don't like water and at the same time the fish is looking up at the cat climbing the tree thinking I'll never be able to climb trees as well as him you know as well as that cat in the tree where we know that fish have to stay in the water and so instead of taking time to look at how like the fish to take a look at himself and how well he swims and how good he is at the things that come naturally to him and to just really rejoice in that um, instead he's spending time looking out and away and at people who have completely different strengths than him and making it mean something about him and same for the cat. So an example of how this could go differently 
for you. Uh, I have a, a sister who is super amazing and she is great at projects, home improvement projects. And she has such good vision and such good taste. Her home is always really beautifully decorated and by her own hand, she just gets out the power tools. She sees an idea online. She's cutting and painting and, you know, using a nail gun and all these things to just create these beautiful things in her home that just look so beautiful. And she really enjoys doing it. And it's really important to her. And it's something that comes to her. It takes a lot of work, but the the skills and the the desire and the importance come to her pretty naturally. And so it's something that she does in her life and make, it makes it important in her life. Now, that is not something that comes naturally to me. I have a beautiful home, but in a different way. I like the way I've decorated my home, but I don't look forward to starting projects. Once someone else starts them, usually I'll join in and help. I'm, I'm not afraid to get to work, but I don't have that same drive and vision and just inspiration that she has. Her, She's basically an HGTV show. She's so awesome. And I love going to her house and just admiring all the awesome things that she's done. And then coming home and watching my brain want to offer me like, oh, if you were like Erica, then you would just do this project yourself or you would, your home would be so much more, you know, like in style. And my, I don't think my home is in any means out of style, but I don't create new things to kind of keep up with current trends. I try to just decorate in a more timeless way. And instead, I'm able to just be so happy for her and all the beautiful things that she creates. And then at the exact same time, so happy for me, knowing that my efforts and my energies are only going a little bit into my house and a lot to other places. And it just feels so much better being a cat who's enjoying climbing a tree and watching a fish saying, like, they're so great at swimming, how great for them, and not making me anything about me. And at the same time, you can take this analogy one step further of saying, I'm a cat, but I want to learn how to swim. I want to make this important to me. And I'm going to take swimming lessons. Really, anything is available to you if you're willing to learn and do the work and and put in the effort. You can become good at something. You can make something important to you, even if it doesn't come naturally to you. And at the same time, do that from a place of personal desire, not from a place of this will make me a better mom or a better a better wife or a better friend or a better you know more worthy woman. But do it from a place of this is something that I truly want to bring into my life and and get better at and make important to me. So if you are a cat who wants to learn how to swim, just take swimming lessons. I wanted to bring up the phrase, and I want you to think about it for a minute. What does it mean to you when you say, I do my best or I did my best? I think our lower brain loves to offer us the thought of my best means perfect work. Logically, we understand that's not what it means, but I think we hesitate to say like, I did my best unless we're getting that A plus result. But so often our best is as low as a B minus or sometimes even worse because that's just all we have to offer in that moment. That's the best we have to offer in that moment. And you get to decide if your best is enough. So I want you to kind of think about that statement. I do my best. Think about what it means to you and think about it the next time you say it, if you're believing it and if you're believing it in a way that really serves you. Because accepting what your best is and that your best is enough, no matter the grade that you're the, that are the results of what your best efforts are, is so empowering and can really serve you in your life. The final thing I want to touch on today is actually how this podcast is a perfect example of B minus work. And what I mean by that is I have been wanting to start this podcast, like truly get it going and get it live for maybe eight or 10 months for a long time. I've been excited about this aspect of my life coaching business and excited about this project. And I have tons of ideas, tons of things I'm excited to talk about. And yet it took me that long to get to the point where I finally just 
committed and started it. And the reason why, first of all, I was working on other things and that was fine. But whenever I would go to say, okay, I think this week is when I'm going to really make the podcast a priority and get it started. My lower brain would offer me so many things of, you know, we're not gonna, we're not ready to start the podcast yet. There's still so much we need to learn about podcasting. There's so much we need to figure out. Uh, we don't want to start that podcast till, we'll be, till we're better at podcasting. And one day I finally realized there's only one way to get better at podcasting, if that's even a word, podcasting. And the way to get better at it is just by doing it. So I really want to say thank you for hanging in there with me right now. I know that I'm starting... I'm starting in a good place. I feel really good about what I'm putting out, but I also have so much to learn. And I know that there are parts of it that are a little rough and that there, I just know you guys are going to learn and grow with me as I continue to polish my abilities and make, grow my skills and increase in all the ways that I need to, to put out this awesome podcast and that'll just get better and better from here. And I'm so excited about that. I think this is going to be the really fun part where I continue to learn and grow and I was willing to just start the podcast and put it out there at this B minus level. And I'll always have A plus in mind as I create my episodes and organize my content and prepare these episodes for you. And there will be parts that are B minus, parts that are A plus, parts that are A minus, you know, all over the place. Hopefully nothing worse than B minus, but uh, I just want you to think about that as I continue to put out these episodes for you that I'm just can't wait to just continue to put out lots of awesome value for you as I make this contribution to the podcasting world. So we're going to wrap up this episode with our segments. The first one is our battle buddy moment where Anna Maria left uh, this review for me. As I sat in Jesse's beautiful home and she coached many of the women attending, she helped us to feel comfortable so that we could be authentic and open to share hard things. Then she helped us to see that in our lives, we have circumstances, thoughts, and feelings, and that those things, however hard they may be, do not control us. Rather, we can control our thoughts, which in turn help us choose a better and more effective way to feel about our situations. This is the best way to process a circumstance that you may be struggling with, and I highly recommend that you contact Jesse so that you can free yourself of unnecessary burdens and shame. Thank you so much for that review, Ana Maria. I love that how she ended that with the unnecessary burdens and shame. And that's something that I'm always watching for in life coaching when I'm coaching myself and when I'm coaching my clients is how when we indulge in the thoughts that our lower brain offers us, it often leads to unnecessary suffering. And if we're able to get awareness around what our lower brain is offering us and create some intentionality around the thoughts that we're choosing to think and the feelings that we create from those thoughts, it really can eliminate a lot of that unnecessary suffering. There will always be suffering in life that is necessary, but let's make sure that we're not adding to that suffering. So I'd like to invite you guys to subscribe to this podcast and I would love it if you could rate it and review it. That will really help me as I spread the word about this podcast and especially in these first eight weeks, it really helps get the word out there and get this podcast into the ears of a lot of people. If you can also go on Facebook and like my page there and share that, it's Simply Resilient Life Coaching on Facebook. All of that really helps me as I grow my business and spread this awesome content out to people like you who are hopefully finding a lot of great value in it. Okay, my hot mess moment for this week 
And it's another one about me, and that's totally fine. I'll keep them coming, you guys. But I would love to share hot mess moments from your lives, too, so that we can all kind of feel like we're in this together. Just kind of get that dose of reality from me, from our listeners, from each other. So my hot mess moment for this last week was I looked down the other day and realized that I had a pedicure on my toes that I got in August. Now, you guys, it's the end of October. (laughs) And to some of you, this may not seem like a big deal. And I actually don't get pedicures very often. I was just visiting visiting my sister and we decided to go get a pedicure but I do usually keep my toes painted pretty cute and I stay on top of that uh, in my regular life but for some reason it's gotten away from me and I looked down at my toes the other day and realized that is still my pedicure from August oh my goodness and I was able to just laugh at myself and realize like this is just life this is just reality and so that's my short sweet hot mess moment from this week Uh, My in the trenches moment that I wanted to share with you guys is from a dinner party that I had a couple weeks ago and I actually ended up making a mistake where I typed in the wrong email address for one of my attendees so that she did not get the information email about the evening. And about 20 minutes into the dinner party when she wasn't there and I knew she was planning on coming, I sent her a message just saying, you know, I hope everything's okay. I hope you're still going to be able to make it. And she replied with, "I, I didn't, I wasn't even sure if it was tonight. And that was when we realized what had happened. And I just, I went and quick checked and saw that I had put in the wrong email address and I just apologized to her um, profusely and she was still able to come she just kind of missed the first hour which was a big bummer and I felt bad for her but she was able to get some yummy food and still get to be a part of the coaching and she really did an awesome job making the best of of the evening and I again apologized and offered to make it right by you know refunding part of her money or different things like that and so logically I knew that it was all going to be okay I knew that she realized I had made a mistake I knew that I had just made a very innocent mistake but it was really fascinating to watch my mind want to go a lot of other places as I kind of process those feelings and and kind of the consequences of my mistake that evening as I cleaned up after my dinner party and all my guests had gone home and I like to spend that time kind of winding down from the coaching because I'm often kind of fired up from doing that kind of that live coaching and one thing I love about the dinner parties is uh, you're just doing kind of 20 25 minute sessions just back to back and coaching live in front of a group and then doing kind of that quicker coaching and just kind of on the spot like that is so much fun and I just end that night on such a high anyway so I spend you know half an hour 45 minutes after everybody leaves just kind of cleaning up my house doing the dishes going over in my mind how the night went and it was pretty fascinating to watch my lower brain want to take me in a lot of different directions about that mistake that I made it wanted to take me to a place of somehow maybe it was her fault it wanted to take me to a place where it was not not only was it my fault, but how could I have possibly made a mistake like that? Like it wanted to, I wanted to beat myself up at one point of just, you know, what, how careless am I to have made that mistake? And it also wanted to spend time thinking rather than thinking like, how can I not make this mistake in the future, which can be a really productive way to think about it. It was trying to send me back to say, what could I have done to have never made that mistake? So it was like kind of spinning in the past, trying to change something that I couldn't change. It had already happened. And because I have the model and because I know how to watch my mind, and intentionally choose the thoughts I want to think. I just kept bringing myself back to the model that I wanted to stay in. I would watch my brain offer me these other thoughts and I would just say, no, it's okay, brain. And I would bring it back to the model that I had decided that I wanted to stay in as I worked through that uncomfortable feeling. And the feeling that I wanted to go for actually was guilt. And and guilt to me is a pretty productive feeling in that it acknowledges, okay, I've done something wrong. I'm going to try to not ever do it, ever make this mistake again. And I'm going to make it right with the person I wronged. And that was exactly where I wanted to be. Whereas some of those thoughts that my lower brain was offering me, I think was taking me to this kind of a 
a similar but an unproductive place of shame. Shame in that I never should have made this mistake. Shame in the fact that she's probably so mad at me and, you know, maybe we won't be friends anymore. Or just, you know, shame in like spinning uh, about things I can't change. And so I would just gently bring my mind back to the model I wanted to stay in. And I allowed the guilt to just be there. I allowed, because guilt can be pretty uncomfortable, but it was the feeling that I wanted to be feeling in that moment. And I gave myself a lot of grace saying like, I'm a human and humans make mistakes. And I just let the guilt be there and it just subsided on its own. I didn't have to hurry it away or resist it or ignore it. And my brain tried to do lots of things to to take me other places that would have also been very uncomfortable, but not have served me. And I was able to accept my apology. Like I accepted my own apology to my friend. You know, I I accepted, I, I forgave myself. I knew that she had forgiven me. I refunded her part of her money. So she was made whole because she still was able to come to the evening and have a great time. And I'll just be more careful in the future. Now that I've had this experience where I affected a guest that way, I'll just be more careful in the future. And so a lot of productive results from that situation. And I learned so much about my brain in that self-coaching moment. So if you have a hot mess moment for me or an in the trenches moment where you've done some self-coaching, I would love to share it on the podcast. If you could send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net. That would be awesome. And I will get your moments up on an upcoming episode. So your mission for the week that I want to challenge you with to be thinking about and watching for as you move throughout your days this week is to watch for those perfectionism tendencies and see if they're holding you back or if they're serving you. Watch for your lower brain offering you all or nothing thoughts that are holding you back. Watch for how you feel when you tell someone you did your best and practice taking action from that place of being happy with anything from B minus and up and just see what it feels like. That's the only way you're going to know if this is a concept that, that will serve you and that you'll enjoy implementing into your life is if you just give it a try and see if you like the results that you get. Practice looking at the action that you're taking and kind of categorizing into, okay, this is passive action and that's fine, but I'm just acknowledging that that's what it is and it's not really producing results. And this is massive action and it's action that I'm taking that I'm getting the results that I want to be getting. And the last thing I want to challenge you to do is just watch out for if you're a cat or a fish and you're comparing yourself to somebody else who has those natural skills that maybe you don't have and you're using it as a way to be hard on yourself and to beat yourself up and just take time to really appreciate your abilities and be so happy for the abilities of the amazing people that you surround yourself with. And finally, don't let perfect be the enemy of great. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.